Hey guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indie. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Joey this morning. Hey, everyone. Joey, on Sunday, you preached on congregational prayer mm-hmm. using Psalm 73. Yep. And it's the next element in our worship service that we're covering. We're trying to say that our liturgy that we've formed mm-hmm. forms us. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you tell us how does congregational prayer form us over time? Yeah, that's great. Um, so from Psalm 73, uh, in, this is one of my favorite psalms because of the kind of gritty realism of this psalm. Uh, it's the kind of song that you probably wouldn't hear on Christian radio today, mm-hmm. um, but it's so honest. And what uh, the psalm writer, a guy named Asaph, who was a, a worship leader in the synagogue, what he is exploring and reflecting on in this psalm is how difficult it was for him to to kind of uh, hold together these two different worlds, both inside the sanctuary and outside the sanctuary, that when he was outside of the sanctuary of God and looking at the wicked and the arrogant who were prospering, and it seemed like God didn't care at all about the injustice that they were reaping on the world in order to make themselves rich, Mm -hmm. he's like, how do I square that with what I hear inside the sanctuary? And it wasn't an intellectual, uh, he didn't come to a point of understanding and finally, oh, this all makes sense now. He came to a point of worship. It says that when, when Asaph says, he says, when I went into the sanctuary of God, then I finally understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this point of worship, and we focused in on this point of prayer, uh, helped him hold his two worlds together. So, you know, as we went through the sermon, basically the one main point was that prayer together holds our worlds together. When we pray together congregationally, uh, anytime we kind of submit to the view of the world that is implicit in prayer, that there is a God, that he pays attention, that he cares, that there's another layer of reality beyond just what we can see. You know, it, it changes the way we look at the world. It changes the way we think about our the end of our stories, the purpose of our lives. It changes the way we emotionally respond to God and how he's taking care of us. So yeah, prayer together holds our worlds together. Uh, which I think comes through really clearly in Psalm 73 as Asaph goes through this journey from doubt and despair to uh, finally uh, kind of a worship that leads to an understanding of who God is and what he's doing. And how is that different from what prayer on your own would do? Yeah, I think prayer prayer on your own um, certainly Im- uh, carries within it all those implicit assumptions about the world and does all those same things. I think the difficulty for a guy like Asaph is I don't think he was praying on his own. I think part of the the journey he was going through and this despair that he was going through had basically sapped. And I'm assuming that based on experiences in my own life and in the lives of other people I've talked to. It's like when you're in that period of despair or doubt, it seems to pull out out of you any ability to to kind of force yourself to believe that those things are true. It's only when you come back together with the whole family and they really believe for you, mm-hmm. believe in your place and continue to pray for you in your place that it, it can pull you back out of that. It, it's just, we have to have each other. We don't pull ourselves out of despair on our own. Mm-hmm. So Joey, why don't you give us something that, or tell us something that you had to leave out on Sunday because you were cut for time. Mm. Yeah, there are a couple things. You know, um, this last Sunday was also a communion Sunday. And we wanted to do a little bit more reflection and confession. So this is like the shortest sermon I've ever written or preached at Faith. Um, um, Managed to get in under 40 minutes. So um, (laughs) 
so I was forcing myself not to think of all these different areas to go mm -hmm. in. I mean, one thing that I would have loved to explore. So this will be a double episode. <clears throat> a double episode. That's right. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a driveway moment here in a few minutes. Now, uh, so one of the places I, I just didn't even go to is uh, how within our own services we balance both extemporaneous prayer, spontaneous prayer, you know, somebody who gets up says, let's pray, and they, they don't have anything particular in mind, they just begin praying, uh, versus the people who get up and they have a written out prayer. You know, and, and some people who get up with a written out prayer, it you can't even tell because just the way that they're able to, to pray, it sounds spontaneous. Um, others, you know, uh, get up and it's very obvious they're just reading a prayer. And I say just reading. I shouldn't say just reading because that's not really fair. Um, written out, thought out prayers uh, are so valuable. I, I sometimes think from, you know, for myself, like there's two things that scare me most about pastoral ministry and it's leading communion and leading in prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, leading communion and leading in prayer in front of the congregation. It's just like panic inducing for me. Um, because it's a lot of weight. There's just a lot of weight to it. You know, when, when you get up and pray, you are modeling for the congregation what healthy prayer looks like. And I hope my prayer is healthy, but it's, it's kind of that same, like if somebody told you that they were, you know, they were modeling their marriage off of yours, you'd be like, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> let me just, let me explain. It's not all what it looks like, right? And I feel the same way about prayer. If when you get up to pray in front of the congregation and you're modeling prayer for everyone, it's like, boy, am I, am I praying in such a way that I would want everyone else to kind of copy this, this tone, this approach, this way of praying, whatever. Um, and, and man, if I do that extemporaneously, uh, it'd be about as good as me trying to make up a song on the fly mm -hmm. and sing it. It's like, yeah, that's not a song that's going to last very long. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be forgotten. And so I kind of feel that way about prayers, too. So I, I tend to get up and use um, or sort of modify or riff on uh, written out prayers that, that I've read or found in different places. Um, from the Book of Common Prayer or from some Puritan prayer books or others. Um, I, I got my hands on a copy of uh, Spurgeon's pastoral prayers this last week as I was preparing. And his pastoral prayers are longer than his sermons, wow. more theologically dense, just incredible. And there is, a, there is something pretty amazing about you know, a guy like Pastor Tom or uh, some of our elders like Terry Flack or Tom Waltz. Uh, who are so um, steeped in, in rich thought about God that when they start praying, it just all of that comes out and it's coupled with immediate concerns for the congregation. That's just beautiful. And I'm not there yet. Yeah. yeah someday, I hope. But I know right now I'm not. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I tend to use kind of the written out uh, stuff to help, help guide my prayers. And so you think um, like in a normal service for us, would you say there's an equal balance of like extemporaneous yeah. prayer and prepared? It's, it's probably an equal balance. Um, I know when I get up there, I tend to have a, a written prayer and I start with it and then pray for the concerns of the congregation, sort of that prayers of intercession for the people, and then finish with the written prayer. Um, of course, because they're from the Book of Common Prayer or the Puritan prayers or something like that, I update all the these and thous mm -hmm. um, and 
kind of contemporaneize. Is that a word? Contemporize? Contemporize, sure. Con- mm-hmm. con- that sounds right. Uh, I sound like, you feel like Elmer Fudd could say, contem- make relevant the language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, make understandable the language a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. So those, you know, and another thing, the, the written prayers that I would have loved to have gotten into is that written, thought out, written out prayers um, from, you know, as far back as there's some from the liturgy of the 200s and the 300s that we still have. Uh, they have such a different way of looking at the world sometimes that it really can reshape the way we think about our own worlds. Uh, a, a few weeks back, our, our neighbor right across the street um, was getting ready to head out on deployment. So he's, he's in the Air Force. He's going to spend the next six months in Germany. And uh, so my wife and daughter and I went over to pray with them before they left. And I'm feeling, again, one of those weights of like, oh, I have to be a pastoral presence and I don't know how to do this. And how am I going to pray? And what's it going to, you know, am I just going to babble on or whatever? So I, uh, I grabbed a um, Presbyterian Book of Common Worship and was looking for prayers. Uh, there's like a section on just prayers for all sorts of situations, prayers for national life. And in there, um, there's prayers at the time of an election and for our nation and for government leaders. But for the, there's a prayer for those in the military. Hmm. And I hadn't, uh, you know, I grabbed it, I skimmed it quick. And then, because I was panicking in the last minute before walking across the street. And then I walked over with mm-hmm. this and kind of said, all right, I'm going to pray. I prayed and then said, I'm going to pray using this. And uh, there's just some... I was going to say mind-blowing, but that's such a trite phrase. But the way this prayer, this written-out prayer, thought of military service had never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're going to read it for Yeah, us? I'm going to read some of it for you. It, okay. it says, Righteous God, you rule the nations. Guard brave men and women who risk themselves in battle for their country. Give them compassion for enemies who also fight for patriotic causes. Hmm. Keep our sons and daughters from hate that hardens or from scorekeeping with human lives. Though they must be at war, let them live for peace, as eager for agreement as for victory. Encourage them as they encourage one another, and never let hard duty separate them from loyalty to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. And I thought, man, all the war movies I've seen yeah. are all about how many kills did you rack up, and you know, we're the, the, the righteous holy ones, and everyone else is mm-hmm. a demon that needs to be destroyed. And yeah. our so cause matters. Our, exactly. Our yeah. cause is righteous and holy, and there's, you know, God is on our side. And I'm just like, wait, I'm, I realize I'm praying for him as he's going to Germany to, he's a medic, you know, to, to help people who are coming back from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And to pray for him that he recognizes that those he's fighting against also fight for patriotic causes. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got to stop and rethink here for a minute because mm-hmm. that changes a lot about the way I envision the world. Could you tell if he felt the same? Uh, I, I think so. He said afterwards, he's like, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of reeling from that experience and thinking, you know, praying, don't let them count victory by human lives when we celebrate movies with high body counts Mm -hmm. it just yeah yeah so there's huge value in having and reading and praying from these some of these books that give us a different perspective right right so for someone listening what would be like one or two books that you really enjoy praying from maybe in your Mm. your own time like your Mm -hmm. own quiet time or um time with the lord that you would go to Maybe they could pick one yeah. of these up. Yeah. Um, actually, there's a there's a free app called Daily Office. 
that I know it's at least out for iPhone. I haven't checked anything else because I don't have anything else. Um, but I pull it up. There's just morning and evening prayers. You, you can pay for more. I'm not sure what exactly you'd pay for if you paid for more. But for instance, today it starts with an opening verse from Habakkuk 2, but the Lord is in his holy temple. And then there's the same confession of sin every morning, which is one that we've used at faith. Most merciful God, we confess that we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone uh, and, and on. Um, there's uh, an, uh, in the invitatory or invitatory. I actually don't know how to pronounce that. So um, it runs you through the Nicene Creed or whichever creed you choose, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, uh, and the Lord's Prayer. And then there's a, a collect, usually a collect for grace in the morning. A, a collect is a specific kind of prayer. Uh, we've talked about it in the past when we were in Hebrews. We talked about the collect. It's a, it's a prayer with uh, basically five steps. It's um, God who, the God who does this thing, um, grant that, you know, please give us this or do this in us so that there's some result, and then in Jesus' name, amen. So this collect for grace, Lord God, almighty and everlasting Father, so here's God, who you have brought us to safety in this new day. Now we're asking, preserve us with your mighty power so that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome by adversity, and in all we do, direct us to fulfilling your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the the collect is that kind of five form. Uh, it was really yeah. popularized by the guy who compiled the very first Book of Common Prayer in the 1600s, Thomas Cranmer. Uh, he took collects from all over uh, the liturgies of different parts of the world and kind of compiled them together. So uh, this is a, it's called the daily office. There's a morning and evening section. It's it changes every day. Every day. Okay. You know, it tells me we're in the we're in the season of Epiphany and just sort of gives a framework for a morning and evening prayer time that includes um, preparing yourself for prayer, confessing sin, um, acknowledging God's mercy and forgiveness, uh, in, inviting us into a time of praise, a reading of a psalm, and, and then readings from the Gospels or the Old and New Testament, uh, an affirmation of faith from the Nicene Creed, the Lord's Prayer, kind of meditating through uh, the Lord's Prayer, and then intercession for, um, it kind of prepares you for intercession then for all the people or, or those concerns, uh, and then a, a closing collect and benediction. Yeah. Uh, but in it, there's a prayers tab that lets you pull up like historical prayers. So I can scroll through it and be like, oh yeah, here's uh, St. Cademan, from, who lived 658 to 680 and read his uh, prayer and praise of the keeper of heaven's kingdom. Cool. Yeah, so there's some some old prayers in there too and, and confessions and colics. Yeah, it's free. Okay. Um, I don't know what the, the, the premium features, oh, give you some reading plans. So it looks like they actually put in the Psalms and the readings from the lectionary and you get to choose your Bible translation. Great. Yeah. Anything else you'd suggest? Any other tools? Um, I think grab, you know, getting a hold of... Um, in terms of like prayers, yeah. still written prayers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are a couple of great compendiums of Puritan prayers. Uh, the Valley of Vision is a classic one. Uh, there's a new one, the name I just blanked on, but I gave it to Pastor Tom for Christmas. So I know he has a copy that you can steal or look at and then buy your own. Um, but the Valley of Vision is a, is a good, uh, good place to start. Th those, those are lofty theological prayers. Um, so it's, it can be heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, I, I, I enjoy flipping through the Book of Common Prayer, the Book of Common Worship. Mm -hmm. Well, Joy, you shared your story with praying with your neighbor. Is mm -hmm. there anything else that you'd like to add before we go? Uh, 
You know, I, I was reading this week after the sermon, of course, uh, you always get great stuff after you preach the sermon mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the formative power of the worship service itself. Um, but the guy was writing about that amount of time versus, you know, it's an hour a week versus the amount of time we spend in other formative rituals that are forming us towards a different kingdom. And the point he was trying to make was uh, Sunday gathered worship. I shouldn't say Sunday because it really doesn't matter what day, but the gathered worship of the family of God is the lifeblood, the beating heart of our transformation. But it, it also needs to be supported by ongoing worship throughout the week. And I'm not, I'm not great at this, and it's a discipline I'd like to get better at. But one of the reasons I downloaded that Daily Office app is to, to kind of give myself a structured framework within which I can begin to practice regular rhythms of worship morning and evening, at least a couple of days a week, mm-hmm. um, to counteract some of the sort of anti-formative rituals that we go through all the rest of the, you know, the rest of the week. So uh, I guess... While it's outside of the scope of the sermon series as a whole, I would say um, whatever, you know, what we're learning to do on a Sunday morning in worship can be the, the sort of life fuel for similar practices on the individual level, like the question you asked about individual prayer, can, be, can inform those practices that we take on individually or as small families sure. uh, throughout the rest of the week that also aids in our, our formation and transformation into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And maybe does even more so than just being in church on Sunday for an hour. Yeah, I think church is necessary but not sufficient, Mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, Absolutely necessary but not enough on its own. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Joey. And um, if you guys have any questions for Pastor Joey or Jeff as they preach their sermons or as they record Cover Times, you are always welcome to comment on one of our posts um, or message us or email us info at faithliveitout.org. And we'd love to talk about it on this podcast mm-hmm. and uh, cover your questions. And if you have any questions about our ministry at Faith Church, you can find us at faithchurchindy.com. Yeah. And uh, I suppose it's time for my tagline now? Yep. Well, I couldn't think of a tagline, or I had one actually, but now I'm wondering because of what you just said, is the plural of cut for time cut for times or cuts for time? Ooh, did, well, did I use the plural? You, said, you said cut for times as we record oh, this, no. these cut for it times. Is cuts for is time. it cuts for time? I All right. Think so. so my new uh, uh, my tagline for this week is cuts for time. We cuts. We cuts for time. on the set <laughs> oh. we need one of those red lights that says we're yeah. we're live i know that's what jeff said too oh what if we could get an old crispy cream hot now light that lights up you remember when they had the hot crispy cream donuts budget? uh it can, you know it's budget season so we could ask for <laughs> a, a red flashing light outside nathan's office door that says hot now mm. you might just keep it on <laughs> i think he probably would He'd be like, what? Look at my man bun. Hashtag hot now. <laughs> <laughs>